Hi, and welcome back to a pinch of honesty. Oh, deep breath. That's how I feel right now. Um, I have been struggling. Yeah. So this past weekend, um, I feel like I'm out of my groove, if that makes any sense. So um, over the holiday break, I kind of came up with like a system, right? I had a system of getting stuff done. I had a system of going through and looking at kind of small projects and big projects and making progress. And now we're back to school and work and I'm feeling a bit lost. Like over the weekend, I just felt lost. And Saturday was rough for me. Um, mostly because I just kind of felt like I was wayward, right? You know, when you get up to go do something in another room and then you forget what it was and then you're like, oh, I'm going to go over here. And, um, but you're never actually accomplishing the stuff that you're looking to accomplish because you're not focused enough, right? You're just not present enough. And so for Sunday, I decided, you know, the list stuff for over the holidays really helped. So I was just going to sit down and kind of come up with a list of things. And that did help. That helped actually quite a bit. And so I've really been trying to kind of, um, stay a bit more focused by writing down what I think I want to accomplish and sort of when I want to accomplish it by, because it's pretty clear to me that just leaving me a wide open window ends up with me being really, um, kind of wayward, right? Like not doing my yoga practice, not cleaning up some item in the house, not focusing on the things I want to focus on. Um, and so I think if anything, it really showed me that I need, I need the consistency of, um, writing stuff and then going through and actively checking it off as I go. Like I just, I really need that in my life. Um, and so one of the things that I, I was forced to deal with this past weekend, uh, and I thought I'd touch on here is kind of the historical roles and responsibilities of a husband and wife and what I see is working and not working kind of in general. Right. So I think, and I've mentioned this before, right? We are a product of where we came from and how we interact with other people. And to actively change that, to actively change who, how you uh, interact with other people requires a lot of effort. And it also requires a lot of healing and change. And so over this past year, I've really been looking at a lot of things that I have perpetuated that um, I saw my grandmother do and I saw my mother do and I saw other women do. And so um, part of my overall healing over time for this codependent perfectionist that I am is that, you know, I was raised by my father, right? So I didn't have a real strong female figure in my life. And to some degree, I felt like I had to be perfect and I had to be everything for the household. I had to really do everything, right? So I had to have perfect grades. I had to cook. I had to clean. I had to be it, right? Um, and that really rolled over for me into schooling and then into my relationships with, um, with people. And it made me be the person who everyone turns to when they need something because I would always give it. <laughs> regardless of whether or not I actually had it to give. Right. Um, and so slowly over time, right. Looking at, you know, what I saw as female role figures and then how I interacted in my own family life, I realized it's just not a very healthy way to be. Right. 
And so through a lot of communication with my spouse, um, you know, I've actively worked to modify a lot of those roles, right? He was raised in a very traditional kind of Catholic upbringing, right? His mom didn't work. Uh, his mom took care of the house. His dad did work, right? And so it was easy for us early on in our relationship to slip into those roles, right? Um, because they felt comfortable to both of us. However, it wasn't the direction I wanted my child to be raised in, right? I don't, I don't want her to see a woman as being somebody who um, is solely there to to care for a family. Um, I think it's fine. I, I actually think that it's fantastic if that's the direction you want to go with your life, but that isn't the direction that um, we are going in our lives. And so this past weekend, what I realized was that when my husband becomes stressed, he instantly falls into that classic family version of him, right? He falls into his father. And the way he speaks to me is the way that his father speaks to his mom, which is not kind and is not respectful and is not... You know, it's this snap. It's almost like this. You know, you fool you. Do this. Um, and of course, that's not actually what he says, but but that is the, that is the gist of it. And it struck me this weekend that that is his coping mechanism for stress. And so, you know, we sat down and very calmly, right, like in the heat of the moment, right. I'm not going to bring it up. I'm not going to bring it up because it's not worth people being wildly upset about. But in a calm, nice manner, right. I said, look, you know, you get stressed out, and this is how you treat me, and it's not a, what I want our daughter to see and B it isn't how you want to interact with me. And it's not how I want to interact with you. <laughs> um, and it's funny, right? Because he was like, what you really need to do is call me by my father's name. When I'm doing that, he's like, all you have to do is say my father's name and I will realize the mistake that I have made. And he actively wants to change, right? Is, which helps a ton, right? Because I think if I were with a partner who wasn't interested in evolving and changing, you know, these conversations really wouldn't be happening. Um, but it's tough. It's tough to break out of these things. And so there's a couple things around our house that we have kind of institutionalized to help us, right? So for example, cooking is not a mom versus dad thing. Cooking is a family affair. We crank music. We all get in the kitchen. Um, we have chef, sous chef, and baby chef. And some nights it's baby chef's night. And our daughter cooks and you get what you get. <laughs> Um, some night, you know, uh, mommy chef cooks and, um, daddy is sous chef, right? But we've, we've done it in such a way that it isn't, it isn't a sex's job to do these things, right? Um, there are definitely the majority of dishes that I'm much better at cooking than, um, than my husband. It's just the case, Right. But that doesn't mean that we don't interact and actively act as a team while we're in the kitchen, right? We want her to see that cooking is part of who we are, right? And when we're cooking, um, we put a lot of joy into what we make. Um, so I made some uh, a different recipe for sourdough bread yesterday. And my husband couldn't wait to break into it, right? And my daughter was like, it's just bread, daddy. It's just bread. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, mom's trying something new. You know, it took her all this time. Like, he, you know, he's actively telling her why he's passionate about trying this bread. And as a matter of fact, it turned out to be the best sourdough recipe that we've tried. Um, and, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't talk enough about it. 
And we want her to understand that this is our way of showing love, right? It's, it's, it's part of how we connect with each other and with her. And, um, you know, growing up, there are certain meals where we cook together, but in general, it was more, you, you, you cook to eat for sustenance, right? Like that's, that's about it. (laughs) You do enjoy a good meal, but, but it's not, it's not about the family, um, enjoying it together, right? The family enjoying even the process together, right? It was more like somebody just slogs it through to be able to, um, to feed everybody. And so we want, we want her to have a different experience, right? Um, cleaning's kind of the same way, right? So we call it the family roundup and we go through, right? And, you know, my husband will be cleaning toilets and we're actively picking up toys and, and putting stuff away and vacuuming the floors and wiping stuff down. And, um, but it isn't like it falls on one person. We don't want one person to be it, right? To be the cleaner in the house. Um, but what I realized was that, you know, we made it a large portion of the way through cleaning and then our daughter had school and I was actively trying to finish up some stuff for work. And my husband went out for a mountain bike ride and the vacuum cleaner got left out in our den. And when my husband came home, so this must've been, this must've been Friday when my husband came home, um, he was like, well, I expected you to just kind of finish up right? Like this is just his expectation. And so we had this conversation and I said, look, you know, um, I'm actively trying to deal, manage my stuff. And I'd like you to actively manage your stuff. And the expectation that somebody else is going to do something for you without you verbalizing it is nonsensical, right? Like I can't read your mind. Um, you know, I'm in the, in the midst of trying to do work and educate our daughter. Um, and so if you want something great, ask for it, you ask for it. I will do it. I will gladly do it. I will gladly help out. You know, and he was like, yeah, but it's, it's the fact that like, it's nice when somebody just thinks to do something for you. And I was like, and, and that's true. It's totally true. But the difference is, is that if you are expecting somebody to pick up something for you, um, but you don't tell them and, and they can't physically do it, you, you shouldn't try to guilt them or shame them. Right. Because they had no idea of knowing. Right. And I had no idea of knowing. And so we have a lot of these conversations. Right. Um, and so I had had a, um, I'd had somebody text me, you know, from listening to the podcast and said, okay, well, how do you heal? Right? How am I going through and healing myself? How am I healing myself from the past? How do you dig into your past and actively try to heal it? And I'd say this, right? So um, I've gotten a number of books that I've gone through to read and, and I could I could list them in the comments if folks want to kind of know what books I've been reading. There's also a number of podcasts. I've definitely been focusing more on my perfectionism and how to be less of a perfectionist. And so a lot of the healing that I've been trying to do is to heal that portion of me and my codependency. My, when I say codependency, you know, I don't mean like codependent, like you see drug addicts or codependent, right? Like parents and drug addicts are codependent. If you actually look at the, the actual definition of codependency, right? It is that I want to um, make everybody else feel better before I make myself feel better, right? Like, Um, I put everybody else's feelings on a pedestal before my own. Um, And that means that often I'm left not in touch with who I am, which is part of what I've been struggling with. And so one of the things, one of the tools, one of the tools in my big toolbox of how to heal um, is that in particular, I'll take moments in time where something happened, right? Um, And it's not, it's not, traumatic, traumatic, right? But something happened in my life um, where it left me with very strong emotional um, feelings. 
towards somebody, right? A family member, a friend, whomever. And I will close my eyes and I will relive that moment um, as crystal clear as I can, right? I want to smell things. I want to feel things. I want to um, relive it as closely as I can. And sometimes I'll even journal it as I go, right? I'll, I'll actively sit and write down absolutely everything I can touch, I can feel, I can sense. Um, it sometimes causes me to cry. It sometimes causes me to feel absolute rage. Um, and I sit with whatever emotion it brings up. I sit with it. And I tell myself repeatedly, it is good to feel what I'm feeling, right? Like it's good to feel sad. It's good to feel abandoned. It's good to feel neglected. It's good to feel whatever it is I'm feeling, right? Rage. And I just sit and I feel it. And what's funny is once you feel it, once you let yourself feel it, um, those feelings have a tendency to like integrate. I, I, I'm by no means a therapist, so I don't know the term I want to use, but when you sit with them like that, it's like, instead of in your mind, reliving the same shitty moment over and over and over again, instead, it's like, I've dealt with it. Right. It's part of my fiber now. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done having it be like a haunted ghost, if that makes any sense. And instead it is part of who I am, right? Like it's part of who built me and it's a very different feeling. It's a different feeling when those things are addressed and it's addressed in a way that I've basically relived those feelings and let myself feel it in the moment, which is something as a child or a young adult or I don't know, a month ago, <laughs> sometimes you just don't let yourself do, right? Um, it's emotionally taxing, right? So as I go through this healing process of taking these memories and basically unfolding them and reliving them, it's, it's taxing. So I would say there's times where I'm into it, right? Like I will sit there and I am like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work through these things, right? And I, and I work and work and work and then I need a break, right? Like I need like a, like a cleanse <laughs> to just, live and, and let that stuff be in me and with me. Um, and then just move forward, right? Integration work, healing work. Um, I think you're never done. <laughs> so, so at some point I thought, Oh, you know, like if I look back at what I consider trauma, um, you know, I have traumas. Um, once I'm done integrating my traumas, I'll be done, right? Like I will have, I will have dealt with them. What's interesting is um, there's a few that I've gone through this process and I'm not done with, right? Like I've made as much progress as I can right now. I'm not done with them. And they may take more time. They may take a different approach to really deal with. Um, but the more I dig in, the more I realize that like there's just a lot of stuff that you gloss over in your life. And I think you do it because that's the only way you can, right, to, to, to deal, to just to live. Um, and so there's just a lot of them, right? Like you start going through them. It's like, boosh, boosh, boosh. And so I don't think you're ever really done, right? I think that this type of, of integrating all of that back in and, and feeling whole, um, I, I don't, I honestly don't think I'll ever be done. How about that? I mean, maybe there are people out there who are the most centered individuals in the universe and they never have to deal with this stuff, but I do. <laughs> And so that's my, that's my bit of honesty, right? So, 
um, you know, we, we being um, me and my family, we, we struggle, we struggle to communicate, we struggle to get through things. And, you know, what I have found is that a, the struggle is worth it. Of course, it's always worth it. Um, but B, if you just turn your back on those things, right? Like if you just pretend like, well, I'm going to just ignore it and let, you know, a comment that kind of niggled at me go. Um, and instead of trying to actually figure out why it niggles at me, um, you never heal, you never heal. Right. And so when something, when, when somebody says something or when something happens and it gives me that pause, it gives me that feeling, which I, yeah, I'm assuming other people feel, um, there's a couple things you can do, right? Like you can lash out, you can act out, you can make comments. Um, you can just let it go. Right. And I would say like the previous Zen version of me was like, Oh, just let it go. Let it, let it all float away. But it turns out those things build, right? Like that feeling I had, that feeling of Ugh, is a legitimate feeling. Right. Um, and the, the issue is, is that I think I've buried those things for so long that I don't even know why I'm feeling that feeling I'm feeling. And so what I've done now is when I feel those things, I stop, right. I write down what happened because I don't want to lose it. And I try to sort out what is going on, right? That feeling in your gut, what is that feeling? And when you can put your finger on what that feeling is, then I can address it, right? So is it that somebody said something and it made me feeble inferior? Maybe, maybe. Maybe somebody said something and it brought up a horrible relationship I have with somebody. And it made me think of that horrible relationship I have with somebody. Maybe. Um, sometimes it turns out that somebody will say something and it will be the name of somebody who I had a horrible time dealing with in junior high, of all things, right? Like, it sounds asinine, right? Um, but the name Emily <laughs> will just be like, oosh! you know, and you don't realize it. You don't think about it, but you'll have this feeling, this weighted feeling on you, right? And, and it's taken me a while to realize that that weighted feeling is legitimately a feeling that needs to be addressed, right? Something just happened where I need to deal with that shit and ignoring it um, is the way that most of us live. I think the way that I've lived forever um, because it's easier, um, but those things don't go away. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, actually, they kind of pop up a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. And you're like, whoa, you know, what is this? And so, you know, now I, I stop, I stop, I write it down. I write it down what just happened. Um, because I don't know, I can't, I can't instantly tell you why I felt that weight. Uh, and then when I go back through it and I look at it and I dig it out, it's like, hmm, interesting, very, very interesting. Um, and I think that the, the amount you can deal with yourself as you kind of traipse back through all this stuff. Um, it's, it's like, a, you know, it is a lifetime worth of, of interpersonal relationships, relationships with other people, um, actions, bad actions, good actions. It's, it's everything, right? And it all leads you to where you are now. But like, if you never deal with any of that crap back there, um, honestly, I feel like you're just kind of destined to repeat it, right? You're destined to continue down the same path you're on. So anyway, so 
for the person who texted me asking about healing, that's my long and short of it. Um, I could go into at some point if folks are interested, um, the three or four particular techniques that work best for me, keeping in mind that there's of course techniques that work best for me. Every single individual is different. Um, and of course, you know, uh, what is it that I use as, um, good prompting to go through some of these things? I will tell you this, I have printed out and I have, I carry it around in my journal. It is a list of something like 80 emotions, because it turns out that what I have found is that you will often stick with the things that are easiest, right? Anger, sadness, rage, um, humiliation, um, right? There's a handful of like maybe 10 that sadness, happiness, you know, those types of things. Um, but there's a lot of nuance to the emotions, which when I'm going through and I'm kind of reliving things, that nuance matters. And so I have this list because I kind of need to read through them because it's like, no, it's not that. No, it's not that. No, it's not that. Oh, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, and so you can kind of pinpoint exactly what it is that you're really feeling and you can put a name to it. And once you have kind of a name to it, um, it feels like you're, you're creeping up on it, right? Like you're, you're beginning to own it. And so having a name with an emotion, um, especially when, um, it's tough, it's tough to put your finger on. Um, I think it, it's helped me quite a bit. So, um, with all of that being said, um, this, you know, past couple of days have been a struggle for me. And so I don't know if they've been a struggle for anybody else. Family members have now been tested positive for COVID, which of course makes me feel anxious and nervous and, um, worried, and so, you know, a lot of my energy goes towards that nervousness and I constantly have to put it in check, right? Because um, one of the things, and, and my father is the one who said this, worrying is often a useless exercise because you don't know which direction anything's going to go. So why spend your energy on something that's worthless? Um, so I'm trying to stay in the moment, listening to what the family members have to say, um, but what it means is that with all of that, and then with me feeling a bit scattered, um, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling right now. So you take that person who has that constant positive optimism and it, and it puts me in kind of a, kind of a, a shallow part, a, a shallow, foggy, boggy, um, rough spot right? Where I feel like I'm grasping to just get through the workday, the school day, the, the X, you know, whatever it is, it's next on the list. Um, and so today while doing classwork with my child and trying to do, um, work, she was having an issue with something and I was going to lose it. I was going to just snap. And I realized that the snapping never helps. So, you know, I asked her to just kindly, you know, take five, go to your room. I'm going to take five. I'm going to go to my room. <laughs> Let's just take five. And, um, we came back and it was infinitely better. And I think that those types of things a year ago, I wouldn't have done <laughs> a year ago. I just would have been like, ah, too much, too much. Um, but it's one of the things that actually it's the benefit of the pandemic because I'm in this situation more often than not, right? Because I'm trying to get all this stuff done and it isn't, it isn't easy to balance all of it. Um, and so for anybody out there who has children, the struggle's real, right? Any of those folks whose children are no longer in the house, the struggle is still real, right? Your struggle is real. Any of those folks who don't have children, you know, the struggle of all this stuff is real. Um, and I think that long-term, especially coming out the far end of the pandemic, 
I'm going to be really interested to see um, how much healing we all have to do as individuals and then how much healing we have to do as kind of communities um, because this has just been fucking rough. <laughs> um, and that's my F-bomb for the day. I know I was trying to work on my cursing, right? So fish sticks, rough. Um, fantastically rough. <laughs> anyway, um, so I don't know if anybody of you are out there feeling like me. Maybe most of you are just sunshines and rainbows. Um, know that I'm sending you hugs and love. And uh, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you in the next day or two.